Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello? <clears throat> Podcast Network Asia. Network Asia. No human being can ever take that away from you because the happiness you feel, no person can give that to you because it's just coming from within. And now you know why you had to go through things that you went through in order for you to be here and hold space for people. You're listening to Project Loving Myself Podcast, a well-being podcast that shares stories of self-love, mental fortitude, and self-discovery. Hosted by life designer and well-being coach, Sanaya Gurnamal. Hi, I'm Sanaya Gurnamal, and this is the Project Loving Myself Podcast. Join me each week as we navigate through aha moments, new ideas, and flashes of insight from candid conversations that inspire you to get started on your own project of loving yourself. Because the most important relationship you will ever have is the relationship that you have with yourself. You matter. This is Project Loving Myself. Hello, listeners. Thank you for joining me here today on another episode of Project Loving Myself. I want to take this moment and thank each one of you for being with me on this journey. It's been such a great ride with you guys along the path of personal growth and healing. And I hope we get to grow our PLM family along the way, making a greater impact on the people that we care about. And speaking of family and healing, our guest today is very well versed in that matter. She is a mental, emotional, and spiritual therapist herself, practicing integrative health and nutrition in addition to inner child therapy. Inner child therapy to me is something I find extremely helpful with my clients and also something very interesting that I would love to share with all of you to shed a bit more light on this. Our guest has many other credentials to her name, including hypnotherapist and health coach, but we can get more into that on today's episode on the inner child. A practicing therapist, she has helped many people dealing with mental illness and health issues, which we know is pretty much a challenge for everyone during this pandemic. She also generously shares her knowledge through her online blogs, which just goes to show how passionate she is about helping people. So who is this woman of the hour? Saps. Welcome to Project Loving Myself, Saps. Thank you for having me, Tanaya. Hello to each and every one of your viewers and listeners. Well, thank you, Saps, for agreeing to do this interview because I am going to go deep with you into this topic of inner child. Okay, so let's start there, Saps. What exactly is inner child therapy? And as an inner child therapist yourself, what do you do with clients? I mean, I'm sure there are people being like inner child therapy. That just sounds so scary. So tell them what you do and tell them why this therapy even makes sense. All right. So 
we have a lot of inner, well, I would love to say hopefully inner child, but we have a lot of inner children. What are inner children is parts of us from childhood that have gone through trauma, that have gone through pain, that have gone through anything that would shape them into who they are of today. So what happens is, for example, when somebody comes to you with an issue, for example, let's just say depression, they have anxiety, they're constantly stressed. Normally, what happens is they're feeling it, but they don't know where that depression or sadness or anything is coming from. Normally, that's coming from their inner children that have gone through a lot of pain in their lives. So as we know, um, until seven years of age, that is where everything, every child picks up everything sort of like it's a sponge. A child is picking up everything from their surroundings and whatever it is that they're picking up, it ends um, on their seventh birthday. That's why the Jess would say, show me a seven-year-old child and I'll show you the person he's going to be. So what happens is as a therapist, um, we see their pain body. Eckhart Tolle calls it pain body. Inner child therapy, pain body, it's the same thing. But then what a therapist like myself, what we're interested in is harvesting all that pain that that they've felt from childhood, primarily from childhood. And so that's what we work with. We work with going to the past, trying to see what is it that the, the client or the person has gone through and then making it make sense to them. So Saps, would you say that the majority of the issues that people come to you with and in general in therapy, right? That a majority of it is rooted in trauma that started in childhood. Is that your experience? I'd say, yeah, majority. Yeah. But when we say trauma, people automatically think something bad. Trauma can be being forgotten in school, being forgotten to be picked up in school, you know, or having parents that were not physically there, but they were there in the sense like they gave you everything. So normally a child needs to, a child is often seen, but a child is never heard. And that's where therein lies the issue. So it's not like trauma, trauma, what people understand it to be, have gone through violence or anything like that. It could be though, right? We could have violence and abuse and like, you know, all kinds of really extreme forms of trauma that we, you know, our mind generally goes to that kind of trauma as being like the bad trauma. But what you're saying is that even things like bullying in school or, you know, a parent that was um, traveling all the time or uh, being raised by someone who wasn't your parents and feeling like, you know, you miss your parents and you couldn't be with your parents. Like these are all things that I think are very common here in the Philippines and other countries as well. Like even, for example, if um, your parents never let you speak up, because in your family, that was not okay. So all of these things are considered trauma from the child's point of view. And so when we try to understand inner child, we need to kind of look at it from a child point of view rather than the adult who'll say, oh, that wasn't a big deal. So is that kind of what you're saying as well, or where you're coming from? 100%. That is totally what it is. So for example, let's take something for example, right? Um, Parents tell their child, their children, boy children, don't cry. You're not supposed to cry. 
Yeah. So what is the first thing that a child understands is crying is something that I can't do because I'm a boy and it's I, I am weak if I cry. Automatically, that goes into their subconscious mind that they can't cry because crying would resemble that I'm I'm weak, whatever it is that they feel. And then that becomes, that's why do you honestly see men cry? What is the number one cause of um, diseases for men, cardiovascular disease. So if you try to understand how child um, inner child um, therapy works is trying to look for weeds, kind of harvesting all their emotions. We're talking about emotions here. All the emotions, all the things that they felt during the growing up years, the most pivotal years in one's life. I remember something I read, you know, Saps, that men are more likely to have heart attacks than women. Okay. And I remember that when I was studying inner, inner children, that was one of the things we, we looked at is that um, me, boys are often raised with, mm-hmm. you know, this kind of programming that it would make them weak or they're a sissy. I heard that growing up, you know, if they cried. And you brought that up as well, which I thought was very interesting because it's these kind of traumas that eventually lead to situations where men are more susceptible to things like depression and heart attacks because they are kind of, they've been programmed that they aren't allowed to display or um, even release, vent out their emotions, right? So what you're saying, what I'm understanding from you is so much of what we go through and in our childhood ends up manifesting in our health, in our relationships, you know, in the stories that we are living in our life. Correct? Correct. But how Absolutely. about how about being in, in your mother's womb? Like, do we, does that also have um, any kind of an effect on us? Like, does trauma even start way back there? Yeah. Fourth month, fourth, um, yeah, fourth month, fourth day of pregnancy until the baby's seven years old. Everything is a sponge. Why do you, why do they say, oh, read to the child when the child is pregnant? right? Read to the child, speak to the child, be kind, um, speak kind words, because the baby can automatically feel and process everything. They don't know what it is. It's just good or bad. So whatever it is that the mom is feeling, let's say there's a woman and she's pregnant and she's in a situation wherein everyone is chaotic and toxic around her. And she's already pregnant, let's say five months or six months. That has an immediate reaction towards the child. The child doesn't understand it, but then that's basically the program that's going into the child. So the child comes out and then let's say the the situation has not changed at all. The child is still in that chaotic um, environment. Basically that becomes the child's reality. It's toxic. It's that environment. So they grow up let's say things are different. They get, they go on, they get married, but something's amiss. Something just doesn't feel right. So what happens is we need to go into the subconscious mind to check what happened there. You know, the files, check what happened in your surrounding. How, how did you grow up? And then that's basically therein lies the work. So that's basically what I do. Do people come to you, Saps, and say, you know, I know I have stuff going on in my childhood, or I know I have to do some inner child work. Do they come to you specifically with that understanding that this is what they need? Or do you introduce it? How does it work 
for anybody who comes to you for any kind of, um, you know, coaching or healing or help? Okay, so they come with the intention of something is not right, I need help. Oftentimes, it's normally it's emotional, emotional will then give birth to mental health issues, right? So when we come into this world, there's no depression, there's no anxiety, a baby doesn't come into this world with stress. But something just doesn't feel right. So when they come to me, they come with that. Something's not right. I need to fix something. Um, or for example, like um, there's already disease. And what we do is I start with something called, you know, like checking the subconscious mind. We see what happened in their lifetime, their past, where they are right now and where they're going to go into the future. So normally what we deal with is I don't want to touch the future because it hasn't happened. You go to the past and you're like, okay, so what I'm sensing is this, is this, these are the things that are coming up. Does it make sense? And if they say yes, and then it's like, okay, you give them a program on what is it that they're coming to you for? Are they coming to you to heal something? But remember, they have the power to heal themselves. When they're ready to let go of all their emotional wounds, they need to let go of the things that are holding them back. So normally when people come, they come with, they don't know themselves. They don't love themselves. They, they live for other people. They're just exhausted and tired. And it's just like, they're, they're going through depression because they didn't process the grief very well that, you know, that they felt when they were younger or they lost a parent or anything. So it's also fascinating. It's also beautiful because you see that everyone Every single human being has an emotion. And that's where that's where you you make it make sense to them. You're gonna be helping them from an emotional standpoint. Right. Thus creating so much of help in the sense like, okay, this is what we're gonna do. And then making it making them understand the metaphysical meaning of diseases, right? So there's a mental meaning, there's an emotional meaning. They already know the physical meaning. Making it go deeper. Because they have to feel it. They have to feel that, yes, I actually went through that. Now the choice, are you ready to let that go? So as you know, we cannot delete and we cannot... Saps, I'm going to interrupt for a second, actually, just to make sure that everyone is kind of getting what we're saying. So you started with saying that a lot of people come to you, they don't necessarily even know what the problem is, but they just might mm-hmm. feel something's not right. So you don't yeah. need to actually come into a session or a therapy knowing what's wrong with you, you simply need to feel like there's something you want to improve or something just doesn't Mm -hmm. feel right for you. And that's where you start with them. Yeah. Okay. And then you kind of work, like talk to them, try to understand what happened in their life. Now, a lot of people will say, Saps, why should I go into my past? It's the past. It's, you know, why do I want to like open up old wounds? Why do I want to go there where I'm like trying to run away from that, get away from that? You know, why are you taking me back there? Because I know a lot of people have that resistance. Okay. So as we know, if we don't heal the past, that's that memory will keep surfacing. So basically it's trying to say to somebody you want to clean, but you want to pick the places that you want to clean. Or if you want to clean, you're just kind of putting it under the rug still there you haven't really cleaned anything so yes whatever you resist will persist i know a lot of people that don't want to go to the past but you know what you're not meant to look at the past all the time you're meant to heal let that go learn from it 
forgive yourself for whatever it is that you've been through. And here's the thing, learning to love yourself for anything that you've been through in your life. And then moving on with ease and grace in the, into the future. That's hard work. It's not easy. Because as human beings, you want to be able to control certain things. And the most beautiful thing that I see is people are like, you know, I'm fed up. I just want to surrender. What's that? You know, what is that like? Right. And it's like, you got to deal with a lot of things in the past. And it's okay. Because as a therapist, you're holding space for them. For them right. to really be raw, human, naked with their feelings. And that's what you do. Because they need, they need to rely on somebody that is going to help them process. Right? It's right. the processing. Yeah. So that's basically the part. Which is why I think a lot of people really need to hit rock bottom. Like it needs to get so dark and so bad. And finally, they're ready to kind of climb out of it or do something about it because there's nowhere else to go. And so I guess as a therapist, you holding space for them is the process of, you know, lending them a hand and helping them climb out of whatever dark mm -hmm. hole they're in and kind of, you know, moving towards the light. Like that's the image in my head. And that's how I see um, ourselves as, as healers and therapists. Now um, you were talking a little bit about the metaphysical um explanation and helping people understand that. So I want to get a little bit more into that, but I also want to know, so, and I'm guessing this is related is what is it that you see seems to snap people out of whatever, you know, issue or challenge or difficulty they're in? What is it that ensures success or what is it that you see that seems to help people really come out of that situation that they're trying to heal or resolve from? I think it's not going to happen immediately. It happens in time with every session that goes by. So whatever it is that you need to learn, I mean, you need to unlearn stuff first, right? Mm -hmm. Unlearn everything and then relearn everything. Your question is, when do they snap out of um, the programs? When do they snap out of that feeling? I guess I'd say when they're ready. And a lot of them are really ready and they're committed. And they themselves feel different. They wake up different. They reach for different kind of food. They're, the way they are within themselves is just different. They feel lighter. They feel better. So it's not one thing. It's a lot of things combined. But then again, as a healer, you would know that when they're ready, Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which 
is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Right. Okay. I want to really address that point because this is something I also do hear from people. Is there a lot of people that jump from, you know, therapy to therapy, person to person, and they keep kind of hopping around trying different things, but it's always like, oh, but it didn't work for me or nothing happened here. And then, so they go on to the next thing, they go on to the next thing. And what I see happening in that case is a lot of people don't have the patience to stick it out, number one, or they're not ready. And that's why I like what you said about not being ready, because I don't think necessarily we all understand that concept of the healing happens when you're ready. And, you know, so people kind of like they go, they might even go in for a session or therapy, but they're not ready for change. They're very resistant. So how do you help people kind of navigate that? or understand that, that, you know, what does it mean to be ready? How do you help them be ready? Or how do you address someone who keeps going from place to place, but not really feeling like anything's changing? Where do you kind of stand on that? For me, I've, I've had to deal with clients that would, you know, would come for a few sessions. And as the sessions would go deeper, you can see that there's resistance and they're not ready. For me, to be honest, and I just let them be. Yeah, because it's their journey. It's their it's their it's their evolution. It's their journey. I cannot really interfere in that. For me, like I said, I hold space. When you're ready, you'll come. When you're not ready, it's okay. Right. And it has to be give and take. If you're ready, what do they say? When you're ready, everything will just fall into place. Yeah. So I guess for me, it's very hard for me to answer that because it's a case to case basis. But I have maybe I two, three clients that really want to be there. You can see the dedication, but then there's resistance and are really good friends. So for me, it's like when you're ready and they're like, no, no, I'm really ready. No, no. When you're ready, I'm here. I'm not going anywhere. But when you're ready to commit, when you're ready to face the old wounds and it's okay because it's okay to not be ready right now, but maybe tomorrow you'll be ready. And I'll be there. I'll be waiting. Right. I guess also, and this is something I completely, you know, believe in and resonate with, which is why I agree with you on this, is that whether it takes us, you know, a month to get there, a day to get there, a year to get there, it doesn't matter at the end of the day, right? It's our life. And when we're ready, we're going to get there, right? So as a Mm -hmm. therapist, you're allowing people to kind of choose their own pace of, personal growth. For some people, it's like, I want it right now. And, you know, they're the ones who are ready to like, they'll take classes, they'll, you know, they'll go in for a therapy or session, or they'll, they'll keep at it. And even if they're resisting what I've seen saps is even though they're resisting it, they're not ready to kind of confront their demons or go into the trauma, but when they're persistent and they keep at it, like 
that that sort of veneer starts to crack, you know, that kind of like mm. all the resistance starts to fall and they kind of because of the intention and the passion to to change and move forward, like they get there, you know, even though there is that initial resistance. So I kind of I'm glad we're actually talking about this because these are things I think that people don't really talk about, you know, people don't yeah, really guide true. people on these things. Like I've read some of the articles on you and some of the blogs you've written, which are fantastic. But like for someone who's in the journey, there are so many moments of uncertainty and they don't know what it means or they don't know why it's not working or they don't know why they feel, you know, like they're going on a roller coaster. And these are things that, you know, people need more clarity on it. So I, I really am glad that on our episode today, we're kind of going into these less dis discussed topics, you know, we're kind of trying to bring a little bit more clarity and, and uh, make people feel a little bit more safe about uh, moving forward in their life. Now, speaking of safe, okay, my experience with healers, Saps, is they've gone through their own share of whatever it is, call it trauma, call it, you know, disappointments, call it pain. I went through my own journey of having to heal from, you know, my own um, life. So I want to understand a little bit more about what got you into inner child therapy, healing, um, hypnotherapy, integrative nutrition. What got you on this path? that you're here today to be able to share this with other people? So I feel the best person to really work with is somebody that's honest enough to say, I went through that. So quickly, just, you know, I don't like to shed light about my life, but yes, thank you for asking that question. I went through a dark night of the soul. I went through depression. I went through my dark night of the soul and I just wanted to make sense. Like I just, I was always running away. I was never in the Philippines. I was always out of the country. It felt like I just needed to be away, but just didn't understand why I, where I was going. Nothing made sense. I had a fantastic job. I had everything that, you know, you can imagine, right. But it just didn't make sense. And I just felt broken and, um, I felt alone and I felt something's not right here. And you do realize that every person will go through something, but it's just when you're ready to face it. I wanted to face mine. And thank God, because I have a mom that's very spiritual. She taught me a lot of things growing up. So I, I guess she whispered that in my subconscious mind. It was there, rock solid. And I just felt like I need help. I wanted to get help properly, organically, you know? What was it Not easy? Things. Was it easy, Saps, to ask for help or to recognize that I need help? For me, it was very easy because I've had enough. Okay. I've just had enough. I just want to change. And I'm a, I'm the type of person that when I decide, I decide. And I felt like, okay, I can't live like this. I just I just want to fix me. I want to help me. And that's when I went for therapy for myself. Very hard. <laughs> You're going to be pulling God knows what, but guess what? 
he was just one of the most beautiful things I ever did in my life. How wonderful. And here I am today. And I realized that I wanted to bring this modality to the Philippines. So while I was in therapy, I was also taking the classes. And I wanted more and more and more. And as you said, an um, integrative nutritionist, well, I'm a geek when it comes to everything science. So I love the human body. I love to see all these things like, why is this like this? Why is this like that? And therein, the minute I dealt with my my depression, when I dealt with every, you know, the dark night of the soul, Sanaya found my purpose. Yeah. And no human being can ever take that away from you because the happiness you feel, no person can give that to you because it's just coming from within. And now you know why you had to go through things that you went through in order for you to be here and hold space for people. So that's my quick journey. Wow, it sounds incredible, honestly. And uh, I completely feel you, Saps. I feel, you know, I can hear in your voice a lot of what I went through as well in terms of, you know, discovering and saying, okay, I need change and and so on. And, you know, I, I... bet you there are so many people listening right now on this episode thinking that's me that's where i'm at and i need to know what to do next i need to know where to go from here so you know i think um this is just the right conversation that some people need to hear today um Saps, let's talk a little bit about this dark night of the soul. Um, of course i've heard it i i understand this concept very well but for our listeners can we simplify what is that and how do they recognize that in their own space? So for me, dark night of the soul. So Eckhart Tolle talks about that. I make a lot of reference to Eckhart Tolle because for me, he's one of the most brilliant writers um, there is and, and teachers rather. Um, The the power of now. Yeah. The power of now new earth. And, and a new earth, yes. He talks about he talks about it, and it's actually every human being is going to go through it because what is it? It's change. So as we see something like even um, when you birth something wonderful, you have to go through, you know, that tunnel. I guess like when you give birth, you're a mom, Sanaya. So before birthing your child, they go through that whole process in order for you to hold your baby girl. So what happens is. That's basically in our essence as well with our soul. We have to go through certain things because we have to undo the things that we were taught that was holding us back from our true self, which is love. What have we come here to do? Love. And not love, love that people think, love ourselves. So when you say dark night of the soul, you're birthing the new you. And every person's going to go through it. So either it's diseases, whether it's depression, whether it's anything, whatever, it's not the same for everyone. But a lot of people that I know, they just suddenly feel that something has to change and it's birthing the new them. Right. Now, grief is a part of it as well. People going through grief and sadness and all these big, heavy emotions is going to take you to the new you. And what a beautiful experience because that experience is what we've come here to do, to remember that this journey is just love. 
but you've forgotten that because you are holding on to so much of, sorry, drama, pain, you know, um, things that are not yours. You're just holding on to so much, but not making any room and any space for anything more beautiful in your life. So for me, if I had to say, what is dark night of the soul? For me, it was welcoming the new me, the me that's sitting here in front of you today and telling you my story. That's such a beautiful explanation. Thank you for that, um, Saps. Uh, to add to that, I often think of the dark night of the soul as the journey from fear to love. And mm -hmm. often along that journey comes our biggest challenge, like our rock bottom, right? Our like worst, maybe nightmare. And I think every one of us has that challenge that just feels bigger than anything we've ever been through in our life. Like it is our defining moment. And how we react to that almost determines how long that dark night of the soul is going to, you know, is going to take, whether it's going to be a short right. journey or it's something that might we might be stuck in for a really long time until we finally, you know, find some some way out and some breathing room, you know, when we can finally kind of see that light. Um, so I think of it also as the metamorphosis like how a caterpillar goes into the cocoon mm -hmm. and emerges, emerges a butterfly, you know? And so I also think of that, like that cocoon is the dark night of the soul. It's, you know, that time where you're, you're facing your biggest fears, your biggest challenges, your worst, you're at your worst. And, you know, people think that that's the worst, but that's actually the best time because you finally hit your limit. You finally hit that bottom. The only way to go from there is up right? You, you can't, you can't go back from that. Now you have to kind of just brave through it. You got to get to the other side. And that is a beautiful moment because it means change is imminent. And you said that, you know, I'm kind of echoing a bit of what you said as well, that it's that point where you, the new you is birthed. I like, I like the way you said that, you know, it's the birthing of your new you and it's why you're here today. So I, also encourage our listeners to kind of recognize that moment in their life. You know, that's often your life changing moment. That's where everything shifts. Um, and I, I'm sure Saps totally relates to that as do I. Um, so yeah. Now going back Saps to inner child, why is it important for people to actually consider that they have these inner children that they need to kind of work through like why is it important for anyone to say okay let me see if this is something that i need to deal with like why is it relevant for everyone everyone has their own you know we all have pain of some sort and for them to really understand that when it goes when it festers it will fester in the body making way for diseases so what is a disease? It's dis-ease when we're not at ease with something because the pain has been there for so long. And you know, Sanaya, it's not just one time that we get hurt. It's multiple times, sometimes with the same person over and over and over again. And we can say it's, it's finished. It's gone. I've forgiven that person, but it's still there because you haven't really gone through the process of really, first of all, acceptance. So when you hear a lot of people Yes, I've, I've really forgiven them, but they haven't accepted what they're actually, what they've been through. And so when we go into inner child, 
it's like, uh, you know, I'll give you a quick example. It's like a lot of them are like, well, I didn't know I had it in there. I didn't know that I had that memory. It was so repressed. And it's like, wow, I buried it. Yeah, you buried it because that's what the brain does. It takes that file and it keeps it aside for you because you have to go on with life. It just locks that file until you're ready to deal with it. But here's the thing. We get triggered day by day. The more you get triggered, the more that file will just loosen itself and just come out. And it always revolves around, you know, um, hurt, pain, sadness, grief, fear, anger, everything. And it's like, where did you get that from? When you came here, you didn't have any of that. Where did it, where did you pick that up from? A lot of it is from our caregivers, the people that were there during our formative years. So why is it essential to do this work? I would say it's because this is the deepest parts, uncovering the deepest parts of yourself. You just don't want to say, I'm depressed, I'm depressed, I'm depressed. Okay, but why are you depressed? I don't know. My boyfriend left me. Yeah, but that's not depression per se. That's what making you depressed now. But that depression that you're coming in to see therapists, it's got to go deeper. When did it start? How did it start? Why? Where? So you ask all the where, when, why, how. They won't remember. And that's your job to uncover it. Help them uncover it. So they realize, oh, I'm not upset with the fact that my boyfriend left me. I'm actually holding on to so much of hurt. But then my boyfriend triggered me. And then therefore, here we are today. But people identify with the recent event of their lives. But the pain has been there for so long. And that person was just your mirror showing you where you're stuck. So basically, that person is the catalyst for your change. That's so true. I mean, I've been through that myself. Um, do you, would you say, Saps, that there are certain behaviors or situations in, your, in our life that we can actually see or recognize that inner child? Like I find when we act irrationally sometimes, or when we respond, like we overreact, like something happens with someone, but we get more angry than the situation demands, right? Or, you know, we just kind of, fall apart over something really tiny or insignificant. Like I find like those kind of moments, tantrums, you know, um, basically excessive emotion that doesn't seem to correspond to the situation or tantrums or, you know, just kind of um, losing your cool quickly. They, these are all little moments that you can say, well, that's not me right now. That's my inner child showing up. You know, that's coming from a different place because I shouldn't be this angry. I shouldn't be this annoyed. I shouldn't be this irritated. So, you know, where is this actually coming from? You know, have I been through this? Have I felt this way more than once in my life? Is this something that I keep feeling? And that's why every time my reaction gets more and more excessive. So these are things that I see often as like, oh, that's an inner child moment. Is that something you've noticed as well? Or do you kind of find your clients report similar things? Yeah, they do. And um, one thing is the inability to speak their truth, right? The repressed, um, that they're really keeping their emotions bottled inside. That's basically the biggest one. Because you're taught that from childhood that you're not supposed to really answer back. 
you don't, you're not basically, you're void of emotions, right? And one thing is also growing up is we don't know what emotions are. We can't identify what emotions are. It's like, okay, we learned that this is anger, but is it really anger? Right? So what I sense is exactly what you just said. Like everything is irrational. When they feel triggered, it's like, yeah, you know, now that I'm thinking about it, like, where was that pain coming from? That anger? I wasn't even that angry. But then you took that opportunity to really release that emotion, but it's not making sense to them because it's like, where is it stemming from? Well, it's actually not now. It's been from the past and too much of it. Why? Because maybe you're not clear about your boundaries. Maybe you put others first. Maybe you're just fed up of putting everyone first and forgetting about yourself. So they realize that later on and they're like, okay, help me. Like, what do I do? You know, so it's like, it's not, it's not exactly like for me to say, but what do you want for yourself? You know, who are you? What do you want for this, this life of yours? So if you're making, you know, if you're having tantrums and, you know, you're kind of like, understand that when you're having tantrums, because you are not clear and you cannot speak your truth. Because you're having a hard time verbalizing it. Right. Because otherwise, if you did verbalize it, you'd honestly say, I'm upset with you. You'd use your words. You'd use language. I'm upset right. with you because this is how I feel. But no, when we throw tantrums is because we are not used to speaking our truth. You know, it's so interesting um, that you put it that way because um, my my middle child, I have... Um, uh, my middle child is a son and um, I have my older son. So they're about a year and a half apart. And my middle child does, he's four, four and a half. He can express himself, but he has a hard time doing it when his brother is teasing him or, um, you know, picking on him or like, you know, those kind of situations. When he feels like his brother is doing that to him, like teasing him, making fun of him, taking his toys, etc., he clams up and he gets really angry and he can't verbalize it. He can't, you know, stand up for himself. So he starts hitting or kicking his brother. And then they start running around in the house and it's like more chaos. But the point is, I'm always telling him, you know, they use your words. You know, tell your brother, this is not okay. This hurts my feelings. And I remember having those kind of issues with my brother. And we didn't, we couldn't express ourselves because, and especially back in my generation, right? Our parents didn't know how important it was for a child to learn to express and, you know, speak up because, you know, back then in that generation, our parents didn't want kids to speak up. They wanted them to just be quiet and listen, right? They didn't want to hear from the kids, but of course things are different now. So I'm constantly telling him that you need to use your words, you know, say how you feel. 
And when you're talking about repressed emotions and how as adults, you know, sometimes we um, have a hard time expressing or, you know, our emotions show up because we can't use our words. We don't know how to do that. It reminds me like that's really inner child behavior because that's the child that never learned that it was okay to use their voice. It was okay to express themselves. And that's why it's so important, you know, that as adults, we're conscious of that, that it's so important to be able to express, to get in touch with those feelings, to tell the other person that this hurt my feelings instead of like shutting down or clamming up or just not talking to your friend because they hurt your feelings. Like we we never got taught, you know, how to just say, mm-hmm. this is not okay. This is my boundary or like you hurt me. Like th- these are not like normal conversation we have with people, right? We just kind of like, we just kind of walk away or block them or like, yeah, we like delete them on social media. We unfollow nowadays, you know, we block them on WhatsApp or we do all these kinds of like things instead of just calling the person up and saying, you know what, what you did, maybe you didn't mean to hurt me, but it really hurt my feelings. And Mm -hmm. again, that's such an empowering thought that we can just change that behavior and start to verbalize. And that in itself kind of um, helps deal with our pent up inner children, right? And that leads me kind of to my next question, Saps, is we're talking a lot about the inner child and how the, you know, the inner child manifests in these negative situations in our life, right? But what can we do, Saps, from your perspective to actually nurture that inner child, to help that inner child or to, you know, work with that inner child in our life rather than hiding from it or, you know, pretending it doesn't exist or running away, what would you say? I mean, I would say when it comes up, like, um, deal with it at that moment, like, you know, step away from wherever you are and really focus on your breath, place your hand in your heart and just give love. And you know, you're giving love to yourself, right? So it's your inner child. So it's you. So Give love to yourself. For me, the fin- the most fantastic way would be um, to journal. Journal. Let it all out. Let every emotion out, and don't judge yourself for being human. Don't judge yourself for having an emotion. Sanai, what was the first thing you did when you were born into this world? You cried. You showed emotion. And why have we forgotten to do that? So. Whatever is coming up, don't judge yourself for being, don't call yourself names, don't call yourself anything. Just say, I see you, I hear you, I'm here now. You know, I'm here, I'm here. And we'll get through this together. I mean, that's for me something because when you're going to start doing this in your meditation or when you're going to maybe listen to even this podcast, something's going to come up, right? And just be by yourself in nature. Very like, listen to your breath like focus and really go through the emotion and let it out. Don't judge yourself for having an emotion. It's a part of being a human being. And for, for every pain that you've been through, it's okay. It's okay. You're going to get through this. So I think for me, and then journaling is fantastic because when you journal, you're getting everything, you're writing everything down and it's right there, but don't reread it. Don't reread and say, Oh, that was wrong. No, just write. Just keep writing. It's very healthy because you want it out. You don't want it in. You want to get it out as much as possible. And forgive yourself for the things that you didn't know back then. 
it's true what you said about parents. You know, if we want to look at our parents, Anaya, our parents are children as well that wanted to be loved by their parents as well. But they come yeah. from a different generation. They come from the war generation. So reparenting is very, very important. What you learn in inner child therapy is you reparent yourself. And if your parents are still alive, you can reparent your parents in the best way possible. But giving that new generation, that future generation, that love, you know, you don't want them to go through what you went through. Why? Because you, they weren't there, right? They weren't there. So you don't want to do that. You want, to, you want them to have that best you love them so much but what is passed on what is hereditary is our emotions our emotions are hereditary our inability to speak our truth our anger our pain all these things that's hereditary why because that's the conditioning set in childhood sponges so careful so don't judge yourself for the kind of childhood that you had forgive yourself when you know better, Sanaya, you do better. Maybe today, listening to this, you'll know better. Then you yeah. do better. I love that. When you know better, you'll do better. And that's the power of knowledge, information, and wisdom. And that's why, I guess, you know, podcasts and so much of the content that's out there is really there for people to improve upon their lives. You know, it's, it's there to empower people. To, to live better, you know, to feel better. And people like you are, are contributing to that. And that's very, very important. Now, Saps, to kind of summarize what you said, it's when we're talking about nurturing our inner child, it's really about kind of giving yourself love. It's about acknowledging and getting in touch with your feelings. So just kind of sitting down and journaling that out or, you know, feeling whatever you're feeling and recognizing it, acknowledging it. These are all ways that we can nurture our inner child. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Saps, what about like real children? Okay. What about like mental health and young kids, teenagers? I've seen a lot of kids myself in my own healing and coaching sessions that are dealing with mental health issues. This pandemic has not made it any better. It's, you know, exacerbated the situation. So what are your thoughts on that? What is maybe your experience with it? And what do you think has led up to this? Yeah, you did um, mention that children, young kids, teens, and they are going through a lot, a lot, and they just don't know what to do with it. I guess my thoughts about this would be for parents, okay? Listen to what your children are saying and listen to what your children are not saying. Oftentimes, so in my practice, I, I, I've noticed that people, Children are writing things down for parents to see. And what they're writing is not very good. But they've been feeling that way for so long and they can't take it anymore. So for me, listen to what your children are saying and what they're not saying. Put the phone away. 
that's also a sign of neglect when you're with your children, but you're on your phone. And really go back to sim- simplifying your life, really being mindful to be present with your children. What is present? It's a gift. You have beautiful children. Sit with them. Learn about the things that they like. And meet them eye to eye. Bend if you have to. Right? Bend if you have to. Meet them eye to eye. Hug them, hold them, tell them how much you love them. And if you're mad at them, don't scold them in the way that you wouldn't want that done to yourself. For me, the best thing that you can possibly do is use your words because you're cultivating the new generation. And ask them, ask them, how are you feeling? What do you think about this? Okay. Don't finish their sentences for them. Ask them, how are you feeling? Don't say, oh, you must be feeling like this or you must be feeling. No, because you're taking that away from them. Free will, their choices, everything. So listen very carefully because they're saying a lot of things that they're actually not saying a lot of things to you. And so with mental health issue, it all boils down to emotional issues as well. So make sure that you teach them that it's okay to not be okay. It's okay to have big emotions. Remember, children are so tiny, but their emotions are so big. And they don't know what to do with that because it's brand new information for them. So if you can imagine that they're so tiny, but it's like anger. Anger is fire. So it's like, okay, this is what you're feeling. Okay, let's process this together. Where is it in the body? Make them show you where is it? Where does it hurt in the body? You're making them aware that, you know, they can speak up. It's a safe space for them. What I'm seeing right now is there's a lot of a lot of things going on, but we can't just rely on our kids to do the work. Parents have to do the work as well. Because if you do the work, then the children will do the work. If you if you don't do the work, then your children are not going to do the work. Yeah. It's about modeling. To help your children out. Yeah. It's about yeah. modeling the right behavior. Uh, I love the advice you, you gave. I think um, there was so much in there that is very helpful to anyone who's a parent. It's helpful to me just remembering, you know, put that phone away. I mean, sometimes that's the most difficult thing as a parent when you've got a zillion things to do. But um, something as simple as that is is actually very, very important to be reminded of. Um, I also like what you said about, you know, meet them at eye level, bend down to them. And you literally meant that, right? So I remember yeah. reading, I, I remember reading this that, and I thought I was so impressed by this, but um, so apparently Kate Middleton, right? The Duchess of Cambridge, mm-hmm. that's the thing that she and her husband do with their children all the time. And there were all mm-hmm. these like pictures of them doing that, that whenever they talk to their children, they bend down and they speak to their children eye to eye. And I can totally see how like, you know, being born into that royal family, right? You you have to be very conscious of that hierarchy. So I think partly part of the reason they do that is to teach their children equality or like meeting people eye to eye, meeting people in the same sort of level and space and to remember, you know, to teach them humility. But I also think that it's such great practice as a parent to put yourself at the level of your child, not just physically, okay, but also emotionally and mentally. And when you were talking about how emotions are so big for children, 
right? We sometimes forget that, you know, we forget how difficult it is for our children to self-regulate, how difficult it is for them to process. And I, I heard you say a couple of times on today's episode about holding space for your clients. But I think that's really great advice for us as parents as well, that we got to hold space for our children also to be able to express themselves, to process their emotions. And when you said, you know, as a parent, we got to do the work too. You know, we got to do the work so our children will do the work. I mean, that really kind of hit home for me and I'm sure from for other people who are um, listening in. So thank you for, for those really uh, I would say valuable um, tips and and advice that you shared. Now, tell me, Saps, about integrative nutrition. That's something else that I wanted to talk to you about. So, integrative nutrition is basically um, the four pillars for me would be your mental well being, your emotional well being, your body, which is nutrition and spirituality. So, we embrace all four. So for example, you cannot say that a person is bound to get sick because of, for example, their DNA, right? It's, a, it's, it's very presumptuous for us to think that, oh, if, for example, cancer runs in this family, so the next generation, 10 generations from now, they're all going to get cancer. But we realize and we understand that everything is mental, emotional. What you eat is very, very important as well. Why? Because we have 50% are your um, emotions. 50% is environmental toxin, your genome, your DNA, and um, everything else. Now, in integrative nutrition, we factor in like what's holding, like, for example, um, are you in a place where there's mold? Are you in a place where you are, you know, probably using canola? I'm <laughs> sorry to trigger anyone here, but if you're using canola oil, if you're using certain kind of things, and what happens here is that's the environmental toxin, but you already have your emotional baggage, right? So when you understand that in integrative, we get to the root cause of every disease. So we are like trying to look for something that's, that's just brewing inside of you. So basically when you say this, we're also helping you reset, like making you understand lead, making you understand how the liver works. So in my area, I focus a lot on liver health. So liver health is, for me, not really looked at because everyone's gut, gut. But do you understand that in TCM, liver is your mother organ. And your heart is dependent on your liver. Even your brain is dependent on your liver. Your kidneys dependent on your liver. But people don't know that. So for me, it's like hardcore doing detox, cleaning, making them understand. But remember this, food is by individuality. I'm plant-based. I'm more of a fruitarian. I don't touch any meat. But it's not like my diet is the best. However, trying to educate people that juicing is very important. Detoxing is very important. Your sleep hygiene is very important. And basically, here's the thing. Your emotions is your are your biggest triggers. So for example, when you're sad, when you're when you're upset, you're not going to want the kale salad. You're going to want that nice calorific food. Great, you can have that once, you can have that twice, but if that's happening all the time, then we wonder why there is disease. So that's integrative nutrition. It's hard work, very very hard work. But Sanaya, it's so satisfying because then you're helping people out like, you know, that area, also that's basically what you're feeling. This is from your repressed childhood. And this is why this is happening. It's like you're a detective and you're making it make sense for them so that they can then help themselves, you know, 
and they can heal their own selves with the information that they have moving forward. Wow, Saps, I think we have a lot in today's episode for people to kind of chew on and, you know, kind of think about and I guess, you know, ponder over, um, which, yeah, means the same thing as think about. So I just repeated myself, (laughs) which just means that we are getting to the end of our show. It's been a a great conversation so far, Saps. Um, I think there was a lot um, that I got reminded of. And um, it was really nice that we kind of discussed, I feel like aspects of well-being and healing that aren't necessarily always talked about or discussed um, so openly. So um, before we kind of wrap up, Saps, I like to ask my guests their project loving myself quote uh, message or sort of uh, mantra that helps them keep going in their own life. So can you share with us yours? My mantra for myself, I live by gratitude. I live by gratitude. If the only prayer you ever say is thank you, then that's good enough. Again, can I put another mantra? (laughs) Oh, you can have two. You can have five. You can have as many as you want. Don't be afraid to get to know thyself. You're beautiful in every way possible. Don't ever let anyone tell you otherwise. Absolutely. And there you go. I mean, that was just the best way to end today's episode. Do not be afraid to get to know thyself. Thank you, Saps, for this uh, great conversation that I had with you. I love uh, connecting with like-minded people, people who kind of share a lot of um, things that I, you know, a lot of viewpoints and perspectives that I really relate to. Um, And I'm really just amazed at the kind of work that you do with people. So, you know, please keep it up. I know now everywhere in the world, everybody needs this, you know, everybody needs people like you to help them deal with all the things that have started to come up. Um, Years and years of kind of hiding from it, running away from it. You know, the pandemic has kind of brought it out um, in, in pretty much all of us in some way or the other. You know, there are things that that it's only because we stopped going out, we stopped, you know, distracting ourselves, we're staying home. And because of all of that, you know, these things are kind of floating up into our conscious mind, we're gonna have, we have to deal with it, you know, they're showing up in our relationships, they're showing up with our children. And it's kind of, I think, I believe it's the universe saying, you got to sort your shit out, you know, we got to, we got to work through all of this stuff in order for all of us to move forward. Right. So um, thank you again. And please, Saps, let me know. Let us let us all know. How do we reach you? How do we connect with you? Maybe to ask questions, to avail of your services, to follow you on social media. Well, you can find me on Instagram, Interglow by Saps. Um, and we'll take it from there. Perfect. And I, by the way, I have checked out your stories um, quite a bit and you have very inspirational posts that you share. So for anyone who's looking for, you know, really great sort of tips and, and um, quotes, you know, I, I do see a lot of that up on SAP's feed. So definitely, you know, take a visit. What an informative conversation I had with SAP's. I felt like we had a great rhythm going 
And when you have that with a guest, it's like the sum of two parts is greater than the whole. So you get so much out of it. Share your thoughts about this episode in your stories, guys. You guys have been a little quiet lately, so let's hear from each other. Let's connect. And don't forget to tag at Project Loving Myself Podcast and at Sanaya Gurnamal. Let me know what pearls of wisdom you got out of today's conversation. And do subscribe to this podcast if you like what you hear. I leave you today with this quote. May you always see the world through the eyes of a child. And that's by CJ Heck. I love this quote because I think it reminds us to get into the head in the space of our children, but also to kind of reconnect with our own inner children, our own inner child that's probably lurking around and looking for our attention and healing. Now remember, you are loved. Thank you for joining me this week on Project Loving Myself, brought to you by Podcast Network Asia and powered by Podmetrics. The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia, the hosts of the program, or other programs of the network. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything.